It was a roller coaster ride of temperatures this March. We had record warmth, record cold, and record warmth and record cold that hung around for a while. Not only that, we have our first drought in at least three years here across the area. And to join with us to talk about it all, as we do at the top of every month, New Jersey State climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson, my birthday buddy, my weather dad. Let's get into it. We are here starting off the month of April by talking about the March that was with New Jersey State Climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson. New Jersey State Climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson. Why was the weather such a roller coaster ride this month? Because it was March. (laughs) And that's what's the easy answer. This is a transition month. But if you read my narrative from February, the theme was the same. Seesaw, roller, uh, you know, um, merry-go-round. It was kind of that same kind of weather pattern. And and that's interesting. We just have not been able, and maybe that's good or bad, lock into anything for more than a couple of days before it goes in the other direction. And it's been like that really since we got through that cold and snowy January, February and March, you turn around the next day and, you know, look at the last first three days of uh, this current week, um, 20 degrees below normal. Yeah. Towards the end of the week, it's 10 degrees above normal. Again, a perfect example. It's, it really has been this seesaw or roller coaster ride. Um, Yeah. It's been up and down, but I feel like maybe a little more juice to it because we we set a number of records this month as well. And I I feel like it's higher than usual. I'm going to read off some of these here. So, In the end of the month, the 28th, we set record maximum low temperatures. In other words, the thermometer only got as high as uh, 35 degrees in Atlantic City on the 28th. Well, that was setting the record because never before have we been only that high for the day. I mean, record minimum high temperatures. Yes. What did I say? <laughs> it's a little bit of word. word record uh, maximum word. low temperatures or whatever. I mean, there's a lot. There's diff- And this is really neat, Joe, that you mentioned this. Because it's more than just a record high, high or a record low, low, low. And you pointed out perfectly that there are record low highs and record high lows. Yes. Um, which we see and a lot in the summer these days. We, yeah, way. we do with those overnight lows. And yeah. even for me as a meteorologist, I still got to keep those, I got to keep those words in my head because it's a little confusing to think about. But the point is, we set record cold temperatures, let's say, whether it was the high or low on the 28th the 29th and the 30th, but we broke record warm temperatures, either highs or lows on the 6th, the 7th, the 18th and the 19th here in our corner of the state. So it really, there was a true period of March that was reminding me of 2012, not as extreme, we call it the March, March of torch, March, March. I don't know if we like that or not, but it was that kind of warmth. But then at the end of the month, we did get that cold snap. So I want to just focus on this cold snap because we don't really, you know, colder air is harder to come by than warmer air nowadays here. I picked a couple of stats out. I want to see if any of these impress you since you are the climate guru here. We, so we actually broke the record low minimum temperature on March 30th. We got down to 20. It broke the record by four degrees. 
The last time we broke a record low by four degrees was in January of 2018. Is that, is that impressive? Yeah, four degrees is pretty good. Now you're talking Atlantic City Airport of about a 60-year record. So it's impressive because it is 60 years. Well, actually, if up correct here, me if I'm wrong, about 80 years, back to the 40s. You were looking at the airport, I think only they do the records to 58 or something like that. Now, would, the, we're going to come back. I have 1944. We'll come back after break and look that. Well, we're going to come back after break. All right, but go ahead. And, and but Atlantic City Marina, we're talking the 1870s and yes. New Brunswick, uh, uh, turn of the century. Um, but it, it is, it, it, you know, four degrees is pretty impressive. Um, it either shows you, you know, you and I you know we talk about uh, weak records, you know, yeah. oh, that's a weak record low, that's a weak record high, and, and it, it means it's in shooting range easier. But yeah. I didn't look, but I, I wouldn't contend that those were easy marks. But I'd have to compare what that record was compared to the days around it to see if it was kind of just waiting to be broken, if you will. Well, but you know, it's, it, was an, it was an unusual long and, and prolonged three-day cold spell. I think you, 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 you yeah. mentioned that. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't a one and done. Correct. I mean, this air, this time of year, to keep it that cold, for that long, you have to keep the door open to the Arctic. And remember how windy it was the first yeah. three days, really, uh, of it. It, it. The final night, it kind of calmed down. Uh, so it, it was an impressive cold. And and what made it what made it more worrisome, we were on the heels of having probably the tenth warmest March on record going back to 1895 for New Jersey, 10th warmest. And the, because of that, the foliage, except right along the coast, you know, that's where the saving grace is, the modifying cool air of the ocean. But inland, vegetation was one to two weeks above uh, ahead of normal. So that left them vulnerable to a, a pretty substantial late March cold wave. Um, I'm looking out my window at some magnolia trees that are the, the flowers are brown. They got zapped. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And the verdict is still not in about blueberries, but I've talked to director of the Marucci blueberry cranberry research lab down uh, at Rutgers. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a lot of concern um, as to the, the damage it did to the blueberry bushes and, and thus to the, uh, the growing season. So we're, I, I, I haven't heard from him in the last day, but he wrote me a couple days ago, um, wondering why I couldn't do something about the weather. <laughs> you mean you can't? Uh, no. Ah, bummer. Um, oh. But no, it, seriously, that's, that's a bad hit. And I haven't heard anything about apples and peaches, but the fact was, and this is a scenario we dread, um, you get early season warmth, early green up, um, early flowering of your fruit plants, and then comes a run of the mill, or in this case, a record-breaking cold spell. And it wasn't just one night of cold. It wasn't just two or three hours of cold. When you went Sunday into Monday, and Monday barely got above freezing in any part of the state, yeah. you had temperatures at or below freezing 
for 36, 40 hours. I'm just throwing some general numbers out there, not just for two or three hours. And you didn't have them down at 26 or 28 or 30 degrees. Um, Up in the northwest part of the state, they were down to 12 and 14 degrees. But Hmm. in the Pinelands, you had them down into the upper teens and in the low 20s. And that's just, uh, you know, is is too too cold, too late, but it had been too warm, too early. And with that, that's a lethal combination. You know, you're reminding me of a, a piece I did last year about what does wintertime climate change mean for South Jersey. And one of the things that when I spoke to a, a couple of farmers is exactly the scenario that we just had. You know, they're okay with the earlier growing season, but they don't they don't like that you're still getting those frosts or freezes still around the same time. Uh, I talked to Gary Pavlis, we've had on this show before, and he's kind of echoed those things. He's like kind of the, he's like the wizard of wine for New Jersey. And he said, overall warming in March is, is fine, but we're, but as long as you don't get those cold snaps in the, you know, whatever it is, April or May, and this kind of turns into my point. What I wanted to say with these temperatures here in a climate changing world is it's unusual that it's been four years and we haven't broken a record low by more than four degrees. You're breaking record highs by more than that. Probably I, I didn't calculate those numbers. One number I did calculate, though, it was the first time we had consecutive record low temperatures since February of 2015 at ACY at the airport. Well, since then, We've had nine consecutive record high streaks. Now, some of that's low-hanging fruit to your point, but I think it just kind of drives home a trend. Yeah, yeah. And I think if I read something correctly somewhere, the record lows, the back-to-back record lows at Atlantic City were late in the evening one day and the next early morning. So it wasn't two mornings in a row. It was really one night that got cold real quick and broke a record for the day before we got to midnight. And then it continued to get a little colder and broke a low for the next day in the morning. So even that, yeah, it's two records back to back, but you don't have record highs like that because you get a record high in the afternoon. <laughs> right. You don't keep that record high till midnight. Right. No, you're right. And I'm actually going to look, I'm going to, as we're talking here, I'm looking here, you're talking about the 29th. I mean, we got down to, you know what? I I'm gonna we'll come back to that. Um, I gotta fish around with the numbers, but I have it up here. What we, we we have a lot to come back to after the break on this one. But yeah, anyway, that's the well, anybody who listened to this podcast before know we love to get into the uh, the depths of there. But this is as I said, this this is serious for the agricultural industry. I would say, you know, Gary, I can understand what he said, but you gotta hope that you don't have a cold late March or early April. And let's not forget, first of all, we looked at the trajectory, the back trajectory of where this cold air came from, this model, you know, called high school. Yeah, I know. And the parcels of air came from Siberia over the North Pole and from the archipelago of Canada and Northwestern Greenland. It came straight down the west side of Hudson's Bay, right over the Great Lakes down to us. It didn't go down through the, the prairie and plains and make a left turn and come over to us and warm up along the way. This was a direct shot from the polar regions. Yeah. And that's 
That's a recipe for really cold air. And it was reinforced for several days running. Right. Um, you know, we hadn't seen that much this winter. Uh, you know, we can talk North Atlantic oscillation and negative and positive, but it had been a long time since we had the negative NAO that really allowed the, the dip in the jet stream to come into the east that opened the door for the cold polar air to come down. Yep. Yeah. And time Timing was not good. Timing wasn't good if you were a snow fan because we got some snow squalls out of it. But in yeah. January, we live for that. And the timing right. wasn't good for the agriculturalists and, and those waiting for spring to come. So, you know, what a waste of cold. I know. Why can't we squeeze out a couple inches of snow out of this? <laughs> Hey, you know, we, we got about 90 seconds before we cut the break. Okay. Just how overall March temperatures here, you know, wh- where are we at? They're going to come in about three degrees above normal. Now, mm-hmm. the last three three days, the 29th, the 28th, 29th, and 30th brought the average temperature down about a degree and a half. We had been running close <laughs> to five to four and a half, five degrees above normal. And now it's down to about three degrees above normal at ACY 2.9 as of yep. this morning the 30, 31st, um, not including today, and uh, three above, 3.0 at AC uh, Marina. Got so it. we ended up above average, but not at the top 10. Uh, the la- those three days pulled us back probably 15th, 20th, 20th. Now that's out of 128. That's still pretty impressive. Mile. That's still pretty good. So, I mean, you know, good thing. Is it a good thing or bad thing that Mars doesn't have 28 days as well? Well, it would have made for uh, more impressive statistics. If this cold air had waited <laughs> for the beginning of April, we would have ended up with a very toasty March. Yeah. And, that- and, 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 and just, just to wrap up here on the temp, we did get up to the 70s three days, at least at the airport. And that's when we broke our records, the 6th, 7th, and 19th. You talk about low-hanging fruit. On March 18th, a record warm low temperature was broken I think you know we'll call it a record maximum low temperature it was 49 degrees which is actually pretty low-hanging fruit based on uh, the research that I did so right into your point there yeah yeah um all right so we're gonna take a break on the other on the other side of this we're gonna answer those two questions we're gonna see who was right on those two things and then uh we're gonna talk about precipitation we're gonna talk about drought and we're gonna talk about why we haven't had much coastal flood we'll come back to you in a little bit this is the something in the air podcast welcome back everybody to the something in the air podcast brought to you the first and third wednesdays of every month happy to be a new jersey press association award winner for best podcast how about that dr robinson it's all you. It's all I don't you. know about that. You're here. You're at least in a quarter of these podcasts. You you definitely deserve oh, okay. a nice chunk of this for sure. Um, all right. So we have to circle back on a couple of things. We joked that we probably should just tape the whole segment over. Uh, <laughs> with the airport observations, um, we could both make a case that we're right. Dr. Robinson's technically right because the airport observations only go back to the late 50s. However... There was the Naval Air Station before the airport. Well, it's still an airport, but it wasn't, you know, it was a military airport. Records go back to the 1940s. So that's what I was thinking of. Two, with those temperatures overnight, 
Turns out that there was no night that actually got cold and then it got colder and broke a low uh, there. So I don't know where I heard that, but let's also revisit the fact when I talked about them being weak records, Mm. those two nights were the weakest records in the month of, uh, of, of March. There's no other record low on any given day of March, Atlantic city airport above 18 degrees, (laughs) except the records that we broke on the 29th and 30th, which were like 24 and 22. So those were easy marks and we didn't break them that much. So they're still the two easiest record lows, even (laughs) after they were set. Now we're not talking here about global warming and climate change and things like that. These are individual events. Right. And, um, but uh, again, these were, these were easy marks is, is what. So in other words, we need to do better. We need to break our lows by more temperature, by more degrees. Yeah. But let's break them in a cold March where already the foliage isn't well ahead of where it should true. be. That is true. Yeah. Okay. All right. right, Switching gears. We're going to talk about precipitation or uh, related to that drought. So since the last time we spoke, we are now in our fourth week of drought, uh, moderate drought, which we'll get into this is actually the lowest drought stage officially. It's just called moderate drought. Dr. Robinson has a part in um, um, announcing what stage we're in. So if you're south of the Whitehorse Pike, um, Epsikin, uh, Cape May County, Cumberland County, Longport in a moderate drought. North of there, we're in a pre-drought stage called abnormally dry conditions. Now you were telling me, I think we texted about this. It wasn't so much about the rain per se. It was about the stream flows. Is, is that correct? And is that, are we still looking at that as we get into April? Yeah. Um, what really this is a national drought monitor map. It's a map made by committee with a lead author nationally every week. Um, and, and they take recommendations, as I said, by committee. Uh, I make the major recommendations for New Jersey ratings, but I do it in consultation with National Weather Service colleagues and with colleagues from the water branch within the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. But when it's at this stage, I mainly make the call in concert with the author. Sometimes the author will suggest something and I'll say, yeah, that's fine. Other times I'll say, but it was the, when we got to, to the point of looking at the low um, groundwater levels and the low stream flow values south of the Whitehorse, yeah. um, I said it, it's been dry for too long. And the interesting thing is it was, you know, it's winter, so it's this subtle thing, um, but it's the cumulative nature of it. When you look back at three months and six months, and even in the far south, 12-month departures from normal, is so it's been this prolonged drying out. And we can still get some good rain. And we had some good rain uh, about a week ago that hugged the coast yeah. and came up, which is quite beneficial. But this week, it wasn't enough to say no more D1 or get rid of the D0. It's too too minute. Remember, this is a national map. But they still allow me to call it, not even by county sometimes. You know, in New Jersey, I think in roadways, (laughs) oh, it's south of 195 or the AC Expressway, the Whitehorse Pike or whatever. So, and, and, and 
you know, as you mentioned, it went from D0, abnormally dry, which I called weeks ago, um, to D1. And the rest of the state, the Northwest and up to Delaware had been in D0. And last week, for the first time, the whole state, even up into New York City, went into D to D0. I, you mentioned uh, D1 is called moderate drought. My lexicon, it should be called minor drought. And I was on the committee that started this national drought monitor (laughs) over 20 years ago. And I've been fighting since then. And I don't know how many emails I've written to the the director of the National um, uh, Drought Mitigation Center, who frankly is a good good buddy at national meetings. We've gone to ball games and (laughs) such like that. And, you know, I'm like, Mark, come on, you got (laughs) to. You got to call it something different, but it's so embedded in the lexicon now, but it's misleading to say all of a sudden we were normally dry and now we're in a moderate drought. Um, the idea is, and I'm going to look over at the wall, my yeah. wall, D0, doing it live. D0 is considered something that happens every three to five years. D1 is something that happens every five to 10 years. So we're dry, but it's not something that you don't see once or twice a decade right. in the D1. Um, that you can go to D2, D3, uh, D3, and D4. That That's the biggie. That's something you only see once or twice a century. Um, we have not been that. This started about 20 years ago. And we've not gotten um, below D3 and only briefly below D3, but we've been D1, D2 on several occasions. Um, But we've been pretty well blessed. We haven't had a major drought in New Jersey um, since 2002. I remember that. That was like what there was water rationing, I think, at that point, right? Yeah, that was real bad. That was really kind of frightening when you get to the month of March and your reservoirs are under half filled in central and North Jersey, and they should be full getting ready for the summer season. And we were just fortunate that year, the rain started picking up in, in the summer. It wasn't excessively wet, but it kept us out of getting into worse trouble. So, but in South Jersey, it's the groundwater. As everyone knows, there aren't lakes and reservoir surface reservoirs. It's the groundwater. It's the, um, it's the rainfall. And it's the stream flow. We know the streams there not, are not large, but they're fed off of the shallow groundwater. Um, and, and, you know, you got to stay on top of it. Agriculturally, I've had reports that farmers are, as soon as they plant, are going to have to start irrigating. Normally, they can wait a while in a, a damper spring. Um, so that's going to put a hit on groundwater. Uh, and expenses to pump that water and all. So it hits the agricultural community. We worry about wildfire this time of the year in the Pinelands. Here we need timely rains. We need uh, a mini soaking every week, and that keeps us out of trouble. We don't need to have a deluge in that case. So there's a lot of different aspects to drought, and I think that's what people need to know. Um, Agricultural drought, you got fire drought, if you will, or dry conditions. You have water resource drought, um, a variety of different ways of, of looking at it. Um, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, you know, God, uh, fingers crossed that this, this, this is it. You know, right. we, we declared D1 and it starts raining. That's great. That's good news. You, you're, you're reverse jinxing it. I don't know what you would call it. Um, it's a good thing. 
Uh, but precipitation for the month of March, uh, according to what I have seen, 11 to 25% below average in ocean and Atlantic counties, Cape May and Cumberland, 26 to 50% below average. Um, and we did get about an inch of rain last Thursday. We're recording this on the 31st. On the 24th, we saw about an inch. Your corner of the state is it has had the market for precipitation the last couple of months. They had the snow in January and you had the most rain in March. Um, Galloway had 4.09 inches for the most in Atlantic County. Uh, Woodbine had 3.6 in Cape May. And in Ocean County, Lacey Township had 4.32 inches. Right. And that's the wettest of any Kokora station out of oh, well over 100 stations with full records in New Jersey. So that was the wettest spot in New Jersey. Right. Lacey. But still below average, though, correct? That's, that, that's about average. But you're absolutely right. Uh, Atlantic City Airport, 3.84. That's pretty res- respectable. But it's still 0.54 inches below normal. It should be right. over four. Right. So you're absolutely right. The wettest parts of New Jersey this month were at or just yeah. below normal. And those are the wettest spots. The driest right. spots in your area, you know, Hamilton 2.89, uh, Lower Township 2.24, and Manchester Township in Ocean 3.16. Um, but you have up in Maplewood, uh, up in um, Essex County. Essex. 1.67. That's a loss. A lot of the state was between two and three inches. Right. Okay. Um, So, you know, that's what's been tricky with this drought monitor. We keep getting enough rain not to get into deep trouble, but it keeps accumulating. It's a cumulative thing. And that's winter and how you can sneak into drought. Now, in the summer, you get a, a month with half a normal rain and you have the temperatures a couple degrees above normal. You got a flash drought and you're in trouble real quick. Yeah. This one is kind of, it's kind of a sneaky um, dry situation. And, you know, I've talked to colleagues about this at these various agencies and such. And it's just as if most every weather system that's come through the state really since November has underperformed. Mm. You know, we're going to get an inch out of this system and it's a half an inch. It's not like it doesn't rain. Right. It's it's something like that. There have been very few systems that have overperformed. That system last week overperformed along the coast, but it underperformed in the rest of the state. Right. Um, So that's that's what we have to keep an eye on. We have no cushion, I like to call it, going into this growing season. And what I also call the water consumption season, when we water our lawns, uh, irrigate our our fields, wash our cars, fill our pools, and all the vegetation sucks up that moisture sure. and, and deals with it. And and that's, I love to come into a May with streams above normal, reservoirs filled up north, groundwater in good shape, because then I can say, look, it, come July or August, we get in trouble. If the faucet turns off, you can get in quick trouble. But yeah. here, we've got no margin before it goes down. Right. Um, we're, but again, we're holding our own, but I think it was would be negligent not to have gone to that D1 and, and that D0 because, you, I, you know, 
My attitude, you don't want to be caught with your pants down. Sorry that's that's correct. You don't want to be caught with your pants down. So yeah. I just want I just want to make sure, but you know, you're right. You gotta use it carefully. I know you want to talk about the winter snowfall. I think we're gonna have to wait until next month. Maybe we'll get a little snow in April. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, here here's the spy the, the thriller here. Right, very short. Right now, South Jersey, Burlington Ocean South has had more snow this winter. This snow season in central New Jersey, right here, central Jersey or North Jersey. And that has only happened two other times since 1895. But right now, North Jersey is only 2.1 inches behind South Jersey. So if they get an April snowstorm up there, which they could, they might surpass South Jersey. So you South Jersey folks, you got to root for rain. In North rain, North. warm and rain. Yeah, and we'll so wrap it up with that. that. We'll talk more. We'll talk We're going to talk more about that. You know, a lot of this was a busy month, busy month, a lot of stuff going on. We'll be back with you guys at the beginning of May here as we recap the month of April. We're going to have guests for you coming up in the middle of April. It's going to be my new weather family at Lee Enterprises, Matt Holliner and Kirsten Lang. They're in the Midwest and Tulsa, respectively. They're going to chat with us there. Until then, take care. We'll chat with you guys soon. This is the Something in the Air podcast.